0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And a while back I caught up with Jesma O'Hara who runs Neighbours Aid Community Stores out of the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. She's also got a passion for Israel and the Gospel, an amazing woman of God. I started the conversation asking Jasmine to tell us a bit of her background story.
1: Well, Matt, I was born in Brisbane. I'm a, a Brisbane girl from uh, the suburb of Sherwood. I was the, the youngest and a very unexpected late arrival for my <laughs> parents who were in their 40s when I appeared. And uh, and so grew up in Brisbane and, and left home when I was uh, uh, when I was 17 to, to head to the Big Smoke in Sydney. And have sort of been a world citizen since then. <laughs> but now I've been living on the Sunshine Coast for many years.
0: And tell us a bit about uh, your upbringing. Did you have a religious upbringing at all?
1: My, I had a, a church upbringing. That um, always went. Fa- I was actually dedicated. I'm a, a, again a bit of a, a mixed bag. My, my parents were Anglicans. In fact, my mother's family were the first missionaries uh, into the North Island of New Zealand uh, in the 19th century. So, um, uh, so I had an Anglican upbringing, but um, uh, drifted away in my teens and. and, and very much went on a search and and uh, was living in a in an alternative community on the Sunshine Coast called Starlight Valley with my husband in the the uh, early seventies when. There were some ladies praying in in a little um, Assemblies of God church in Mumbai, praying for revival, and I think they were expecting nice, respectable people in suits to join their church, but God had other ideas, and, and the Holy Spirit just was poured out on the alternative communities on the Sunshine Coast, and so uh, John and I and our friends came to the Lord, and that, that was in the 70s, and, and uh, we've been serving him ever since.
0: So you became hippies for Jesus, hey?
1: We did indeed, and you know, it was an interesting time because when you uh, think about Israel, most of the leaders in Israel today in the Messianic movement came to the Lord during that time as well, mm. and uh, and there seemed to be a, a great move of God in that period, may it happen again, uh, where God touched young people who were all searching, mm. and, and uh, we can't say that we found him, he actually found us. <laughs>
0: That is wonderful. I always love to hear people's conversion stories. So, was, was there a a moment at a church service or was it in a, a around a coffee table? Uh, how did it happen?
1: Well for me i I guess you know um, God uh, plants things in our hearts, I believe even from before we were born, and certainly I believe my my Christian heritage uh, that I had grandparents and great grandparents praying for me, and we had a family Bible my one of my earliest memories is uh, as a small child, obviously not able to read yet, but I used to sit on the veranda of our old Queenslander uh, looking at the sepia-coloured pictures that were in this old Bible, and they were all pictures of the Holy Land, and I just had this impression of myself saying, I'm going there one day, I'm going to be involved with those people, and I had no idea where was or who the people were, um, but that stayed with me. So as I grew up, and at the age of 12, I was reading Leon Uris' book, The Exodus, and, and James Michener's book, The Source, and anything to do with Israel. And I kept going back to that old family Bible when I lived in Sydney, uh, working in advertising, when we came up to the Sunshine Coast and were living in Starlight Valley. Uh, this old Bible stayed with me, and, and uh, the, the ladies in the church obviously were praying, and uh, i just had this conviction i had by that stage we had a a little two-year-old girl and she was saying to me mummy um where is god when we used to walk through the bush and i realized i had no answer for her and i went off and i bought a a a bible in in modern translation because the bible i'd kept with me all those years was an old king james went and bought a, a translation and just Read it from cover to cover, <laughs> and I just from, from Genesis right through, I got stuck in Leviticus a bit, but I, I went right through to Revelation. And while I'm reading the Bible, um, I came to faith, and, and uh, then went at, at a God appointed time to a service at the church in Mumbai, then, and uh, gave my life to the Lord.
0: Mm, What a wonderful story of uh, God chasing after you, God pursuing you uh, Mm -hmm. after all those years, and uh, I'm curious to know a bit about your career, what kind of work have you done over the years?
1: Well, I, I'm a mother of five children. That was a pretty full-time job. We had five children in, in, uh, in eight years. Uh, John and I ran uh, a landscaping business for over 40 years. So, so you can tell I'm not all that young. Um, we ran a landscaping business, which we used to fund our ministry um, so that we were always independent. We were able to go um, wherever God, God called us. So, But in my early years, I worked in advertising, uh, in Sydney, uh, worked for advertising agencies, and and, uh, uh, and then when we came up to the coast, that was when we established our own business. But um, I seem to I've been teaching the Bible for um, for well, probably since the 80s, particularly in relation to to culture and and understanding the Bible through the culture of Israel and and the history and and the language of Israel. So when I was um, probably in my early 40s, I went back to school, uh, in a sense, and I, I did a uh, I got my first degree and then went on to do a, a couple of postgraduate degrees, and I, at the moment I'm just finishing a doctoral thesis in, in ministry with Alpha Crucis, so I've sort of been a, a lifelong learner, you could say.
0: <laughs> and you mentioned ministry. Tell us about the transition from coming to faith and getting into ministry, and, and what, do you, what kind of ministry did you get into back then?
1: Well, we had pastors who were very encouraging of us both. I, I think they didn't quite not know what to do with all of these uh, guys and girls with long hair and sandals and so on, but they mentored us, they discipled us and encouraged us. So we, it wasn't long before we were holding home groups in our home and, and all the young families were coming. We had wall-to-wall kids and a lot of people coming to faith in those days through, through our home group meetings and, and through then I went on, I, was, I led a woman's ministry for for 20 odd years um and, and uh, then we were under the care of pastor gerald rowlands and his wife elizabeth and it was them that really uh, i always had a heart for israel but it was them that really cemented that in our heart we went to israel first in 1987 as part of their group john my husband um was a uh, volunteered over there for the international christian embassy for their conference and, and um, and that sort of, uh, uh, I came back and started to write um, Bible study material, particularly concerning Israel. So I've written a lot of teaching material over that time. Um, became very involved with the International Christian Embassy, again, for over 20 years as their Australian uh, spokesperson. I was um, vice uh, chair supporting our director, Bruce Garbett. And I uh, did a lot of writing for them, edited their magazine, a lot of speaking, but, you know, they seasons in God. And in 2002, um, my husband John and I, we really just felt we'd, we'd taken some friends to Israel, come back and, and, and we'd introduced them to the organizations that we were supporting over there True. through our own business. And uh, came back via Thailand and introduced them to a- another organisation that we were supporting, and, and um, just came back with this sort of burning thought. I guess we were about fifty then, and, and we, we thought, Lord, there's more, isn't there? You want us to do more? So we established, with the help of, of our, our home group and, uh, and uh, friends, we established Neighbours Aid community stores, which is a not-for-profit, and we we wanted, we didn't want to go to churches. Or the government to ask for funds. We, but, um, we, so we, John's a businessman. So we thought we're going to use the skills that we've learned in business. And we opened our first op shop with a lot of people telling us we were crazy and no one would support us. And, um, no one would, we we wouldn't have any money to give away. Um, but in the first six months, I think we gave away $80,000. And now, what are we up to? 17 years later, we've got six shops with 16 paid staff and about 350 volunteers. And, um, and it's developed, um, we've, we've um, built and fund uh, two primary schools in Malawi and a high school farming and, and a medical clinic and uh, leaders seminars. In Kenya, we've got a school that's just about going into high school, children's homes uh, similar to Malawi in israel we support a home for really severely damaged and abused girls and also the children of ethiopian immigrants and in india um we we fund a couple of slum of schools for uh, the children of slum dwellers and a nursing college and literacy programs all sorts of things so god has been amazing from this funny little step of faith And, and we we volunteered ourselves for the first 13 years but everything grew too much So we closed our business, and and it's sort of been our full-time passion since then. Um, That was um, 2015. And and at the same time, John, my husband, was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer and not given a very good prognosis. But here we are. um, That was 2016, and and here we are. And John's doing well, and and, uh, the ministry's expanding, and we're about to head off to Malawi and Kenya again next week.
0: Wow, so exciting! How you know God gave you a dream, and uh, now here you are with uh, this wonderful organization, Neighbors Aid, uh, reaching out to uh, India, Israel, Kenya, Malawi, Fiji, all these different places. It's a it's a great testimony of what God's doing uh, in your ministry. Um, now let's just uh, focus on Israel uh, for a moment. There, I've got some friends. Uh, Chris and Sherry Stanley that went on a tour of Israel with you And they said they were so impacted by your knowledge And your understanding of Israel And I've had the privilege of going twice i visited the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem as well Just love that ministry that you've been connected to over the years You know, there's a lot of Christians that don't get Israel That don't understand the importance Absolutely. of praying for the peace of Jerusalem And and uh, knowing the, the culture and the history of Israel um, Just... Give us a bit of an insight into why you're so connected to Israel.
1: I guess, you know, um, well, really, it, it goes back to Romans 11, doesn't it, mate? when Paul talks about the fact that we're connected to the root, and the root, of course, is, uh, uh, God, is God's chosen people, the Jew- Jewish people, and uh, Romans 9 tells us that um, through them, uh, in, a, in a sense, they've been God's birthing nation, and, and we've received all of our spiritual heritage comes to us through uh, uh, the Scriptures, that were given to us through Jewish prophets and and, uh, and the, our New Testament. Again, the, the Jewish apostles and, and uh, the disciples or all Jews. And in a sense, they're, our, they're spiritual fathers and mothers and in the faith, everything that we have, including, and most importantly, um, Jesus our Messiah was the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And uh, so I believe that we owe them an incredible debt, um, because God and in a sense they 've been victims of god 's sovereignty because He burst them as a nation uh, to to bring the knowledge of His plan of redemption to the world and and they, they they've suffered for that they 're still suffering for that, including those who who haven 't realized that um, they have this amazing calling. so to me it, it's a, in a sense it's a responsibility to try and encourage uh, believers to understand our spiritual roots and having taken probably now hundreds of people and introduced them to the land and the people uh, I, I just see what it does in in to people's faith when they, they it's, it's almost like uh, uh, the Bible comes alive when they they start to to uh, to walk through the land and and we we stop and we we meditate and we teach on the sites where Jesus and the the patriarchs walked and you just see a deepening of people's faith when they connect with Israel.
0: Mm, absolutely, and just as you were speaking, I was having flashbacks. I remember visiting the Valley of Elah, where you know David fought Goliath, mm-hmm. and going on the boat on the Sea of Galilee, mm-hmm. uh, going yeah. to the Garden Tomb. You know, uh, yeah. so many wonderful memories. The, the Via Dolorosa, where Jesus, you know, walked with the cross. What, what, what's your favourite spot that you love to to stop at in Israel? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, I, something that that really, I, I've got so many favourites spots, but a place that really touches me, no matter how many times I go, is when you go to the Western Wall and you, you think about uh, just the roots of our faith going back thousands of years, but you go through um, what's called the Western Wall Tunnels, and... Mm. Uh, And you go under, you go right down into the depths. I mean, Jerusalem has, has uh, just layer upon layer of thousands of years of history and civilization. And when we take people through that Western Wall tunnel and you go down and eventually you reach bedrock. And when you reach bedrock, I, I always stop and I think about Abraham and how he came and he, and he bought his son Isaac to those mountains, to the mountains of Moriah, and there he, God asked him something to do, something absolutely horrific to, that went against all of his understanding of God's character and the call that God had placed upon his life when he, when he says, Abraham, uh, will you trust me enough to bring your only son, Isaac? Who also had to have great faith, and it was there on that mountain, in a sense, that that God prefigured uh, through Abraham sacrificing his, or being willing to sacrifice his son Isaac on on those mountains, and, and that um, it, it, he and he didn't understand he was prophetically acting out what God the Father would do when he laid the wood. Mm. To the sacrifice, the wood of the cross, on the shoulders of His Son, also. So every time I walk down there and I touch that bedrock, I just think of God's amazing, grace-filled uh, plan of redemption and and the way He reached out to each one of us um, down through the ages. Uh, it just touches me every time.
0: Mm. Well, it's wonderful to connect with you today And if people want to find out more about Neighbours Aid The website neighborsaid.org. Uh They can also search up Neighbours Aid community stores on Facebook And you can see how they're helping the world's needy children A great organisation And uh, I really just pray the Lord continues to open up many doors For you to reach more people with the good news And uh, Jesma, I reckon you're a history maker Thanks for joining us
1: Oh, It's been great to be with you. Thanks so much, Matt. Pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.